Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Ah, yes, Sports to the Max Draft Night Edition. The Timberwolves are on the clock, kind of. 19th overall, Chet Holmgren could be the first one taken, and away we go. There's nothing quite like a draft night. There's nothing quite like, especially in the NBA and the NFL. The rest of them, eh, you know, baseball, hockey, you don't really know. Uh, you haven't heard of the people that are being drafted, etc. But basketball and football, it's a little bit different. Tubbsy, do you get excited about draft night? And is there one, the NFL, the NBA, which one is your? I, th- I think the NFL, just because it's a longer process and it's a great made-for-TV moment. Um, I, if the NBA draft was a little bit longer, I might be more excited. But you've got, I mean, I think it's just there, there's more more going on at the NFL draft, if that makes sense. Yeah, there's lots of stuff. There's yeah, of stuff. I like things stuff. and variables and more players. And I just had coffee this morning with Brad Childress, the former Viking uh, coach, of course, and Brooks Bollinger, former quarterback for the Vikings, Wisconsin, and Joel Maturi and Matt Sheldon, who's an assistant coach with the Raiders. And we were talking all about the, what they put them through uh, to get them ready and how the NFL has evolved to try to become, you know, b- because with this NIL money now, uh, both at the NBA and in the NFL, uh, you're going to have choices to make for some of these players as to whether they want to be a late pick or try to make more money a different way. So all that stuff is in play. But tonight is draft night in the NBA, and, of course, uh, uh, we'll, we'll talk a lot about Chet Holmgren tonight. Kevin Lynch will join us. He'll break it down. Brian Sanifer is on the floor. He, he's in that room where only only the, the, the people in the close circle get to be. He's in the room where it happens. He's in the room. You know, you know how they, they, they show the shot of the guy and there's always some people around. Like the war know? room. Yeah, but, but they, they show the, you know, the prospect, the player. Yeah. The, war, the war room is where the teams. Oh, he's with together. the prospect. He's with Holmgren oh, because he used to work with gotcha. Holmgren. Yes. Well, so he, he's on the invite list with Holmgren. Oh, it's so cool. Okay, so he's there at Madison Square Garden, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. At the garden. Uh, and... and uh, and he was there last year for Jalen Suggs, so so we'll try to get a hold of him after the pick. Lance Johnson is, is coach of Minnehaha. He'll join us as well if he can. He's traveling. And Terry Kunze is going to break the whole thing down for us. Trent Tucker, one-time lottery pick. I mean, what more do you people want from me? I, I can't do more than this. I'm on the phone. I'm texting. I'm trying all just to give you people whatever it is that I think you want. <laughs> Yesterday, Tim Conley, the Minnesota Timberwolves president of basketball operations, addressed us, the media. I was there. Uh, we asked him because this is his first draft for the Timberwolves, but he's been in this position in terms of uh, uh, trying to participate in the draft for different organizations. We asked him, what, what, what excites you about this, the NBA draft? I'm probably the uncertainty. It's also like the one night a year where you feel like you're actually doing your job as a front office guy. Um, you know, it's fun. You know, I'm a, essentially a scouted heart with an elevated title. So it's, it's a fun evening. You know, we don't know. It's fun. We sit in that room and argue. 10 hours a day, and none of us really know what it's going to look like. You know, they're going to grade us on Thursday night. The grade should be in three years. Let's see if it worked out. Yeah, that's true. It should be in three years. They'll make some trades. I don't think they're going to get so far as to get D'Angelo Russell moved tonight. It's an outside possibility. But given where they're at in the draft, I don't know how they could package that and, and get something uh, substantial for them. 
Uh, the other thing they want to do is get a big body in there. If you know, when you start talking about going to the second round of playoffs, they need a bigger body. Um, Vanderbilt's fine, but they need they need another big body, somebody in there that can really protect talents or do some different things. Now, now obviously Conley knows the roster because he was in Denver for, for such a long time, but he's now looked at it again with a fine tooth comb and in detail and contracts and all those things. And we asked him, what is the priority for the Timberwolves roster? My main priority is right now finding a house, a school, and. Um, <laughs> Look, there, there's certain areas that's clearly we need to get better. You know, there, there's you guys covered the team and saw, you know, more than I did. There, we got to get better. Internal growth is going to be one of our biggest indicators of success. You know, we have a really, really good young core, and those guys haven't scratched the surface of playing their best basketball. But this is the time of year where you're trying to address some of those needs and and trying to help maybe build a, a bit more diversified of a roster. Yeah, uh, and that means I think getting more big guys because they got guard play. And so when he says diversified, I think he means we need some more of this because we've got a lot of that. Uh, what does the team need? That, that was another question to Tim Conley and a fair question, I think. Well, look, we got to rebound the ball better. You know, we have See, to, that's what I said. We have to t- be better um, and kind of be more mature in how we approach leads. I think we have to, um, you know, any young team that's going to be defensive struggles, you know, it was so great having the veterans here. With, with, with Pat was so impactful with showing these guys how important it is um, every night to, to take that side of the ball seriously. Um, but I, I think we're going to see natural growth because our coaching staff is so, so good. And Finch is the lead coach. And our guys are here all the time. You know, they're, they're working out and they care. And the overall mood of this building is, is one that's really positive but far from content, which is great. Far from content. You got to be a hungry fighter every day when you get up, you do. If you want to make it in this world, you got to get up. You got to have some blood in your mouth. You got to taste it. You got to want it. It has to border on an obsession and anger to get to where you want to go if you're Tim Connolly or a person like that. I'm not always sure for he or for <clears throat> reporters that tend to be aggressive. Uh, I, I'm not even so sure that it's a healthy lifestyle uh, that you can lead and still be successful. I'm not even sure if you can do that. I'm not sure that it's possible as much as we talk about uh, balance and true balance and being, I, I don't know that that applies uh, in a couple of different professions and coaching and, and, and running a sports organization is one of them. Because if you sleep, somebody else is going to work. If you sleep, they're ready to knock you, hit you so hard, they're going to knock your nose to the back of your throat and make the blood come out of your ears. And that's the way they're wired and programmed. So I'm not so sure that it's possible to be really good in any of the major leagues unless you're a little bit obsessed and out of balance. I'm not so sure that you can be a really good reporter unless you're a little bit obsessed and you're a little bit out of balance. Sometimes a lot out of balance. And they always say the way you know is when the phone rings on your off time and it's work, are you quick to pick it up? That's how you know. If it's work-related and you're quick to pick it up as opposed to let it go to voicemail, that's how you know. You got blood in the mouth and you're ready to go out there and take and swim with the sharks a little bit. One of the things that, that he's going to have to do is navigate through uh, trade talks and it, it, you know, they've got uh, picks that they can package and some veterans they could throw in as well. And so with that in mind, will tonight be an active night trade-wise in the NBA and possibly, therefore, by extension, the Timberwolves? I think so, but it's – I thought by this point 
some of the conversations that we've had or, or we've heard of league-wide. You know, we're lucky we know a lot of different teams. I thought they'd be a bit further advanced than they are today. But all it takes is one call, and you, know, you make a trade in two minutes. But um, a lot of jabbing right now. Hopefully there's some punching starting. All right. Well, when we come back, we'll ask them if they're open to a trade. Do they, do they want to make a deal? Are they looking to do something like that? Plus, I'll tell you why it's so hard to cover an NBA draft, as I found out firsthand when it was here in town. That and much more straight ahead on this draft night edition of Sports to the Max. Stay with us. It's always interesting this time of year to look back at Timberwolves and the history of who made it, who didn't. First-round picks that stuck. First-round picks that uh, fell short. Pooh Richardson was the first-ever first-round pick. He's a frequent guest on my show. I remember that night. He was out in UCLA. with his. He's a Philly guy, but he didn't go to the uh, draft, and he was the first first-round pick ever in the Minnesota Timberwolves. It was cool as heck with him and his family celebrating. And uh, he did okay. Uh, they had, they've had some clunkers. They have, haven't they? Gerald Glass. Remember Gerald Glass? Um, Bill Musselman used to say he'd be even better if he could guard a fence post. But the fence post goes around him when it wants. Uh, he got very frustrated with Gerald at one point in time. Uh, Luke Longley. You know, Luke came in here, made a little bit of a, uh, uh, you know, he wasn't bad again. Uh, found himself when he went to Chicago, and it's amazing how that happens, how it takes the pressure off you when, when um, Michael Jordan is on the same team with you. Luke wasn't bad, affable guy. I understand he's back in Australia. I got a call last year from a guy that was doing a documentary on him on his life and uh, wanted some video. And uh, I don't know what came of that, but I assume that he must be seen as, a, you know, quite a star uh, back there, back in in, uh, in Australia. And, of course, you know, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, that would end up be the right pick. Remember, it was between him and Okafor. And everybody debated, who's it going to be, Towns or Okafor? Obviously, Okafor's bounced around. There hasn't been much good there. And then that same draft, they got Tyus Jones. Uh, late in the first round, who, who who played well and now is playing really well, now going to get a big contract from Memphis, and sponsors his own uh, AAU team, Team Tyus, uh, which gets a lot of traction in in this city, in this town, in terms of attracting good players. Andrew Wiggins was not a first-round pick of the Minnesota Timberwolves, but the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then uh, Kevin Love forced uh, the trade to Cleveland, and they ended up getting Andrew Wiggins, who some might argue should have been the MVP of the NBA Finals. Uh, remember, they traded he uh, D'Angelo Russell for him, um, and and you know high profile because he's the number one overall pick. Anthony Edwards was an I, I thought it you know, I thought it doesn't matter who you take last year, um, you're not going to get a lot. You should probably trade the pick. That was me. Move the pick, get some get some more pieces. Uh, two years ago, and, and Anthony Edwards turned out to be just a gem. Yeah, you know Alonzo Ball might have been rookie of the year, all that stuff. Uh, but I think Edwards has been the best in that draft class so far. And when I talk to people, and this is more important that you talk to people to find out what's really going on. And when I talk to people, because I don't just I don't just go to the Twitter world or you know I read this said uh, uh, on the internet somewhere that you know you go talk to the people that really matter and that and that experience this stuff. That's what I try to do so that I can bring you what's really going on inside the organization or locker room. And Edwards is well liked, particularly with Towns. Those two get along well. In the NBA, one of the most um, understated pieces to success is can your superstars coexist? 
period. Can your superstars coexist? Stefan Marbury and Kevin Garnett could not coexist. Even though Stefan knew that he couldn't get paid what Kevin did one day because they changed the rules, he still didn't want to be a part of it. So they couldn't coexist. Um, you know, they had Love and Rubio for a minute there. And there was, you know, there was a, they had no problem getting along. Uh, they got along fine. Uh, but they couldn't stay healthy together. So they had to make the move. So all these things have to fall into place before you, you know if you've had a good draft or if, if it's going to work or not. But one of the most understated uh, pieces to this is trying to forecast whether your superstar that you're going to draft this year can get along with the existing superstars that you already have in place. You don't hear a lot of talk about that, do you? But if they can't give up their ego, check at the door, all those things, you have no choice. You have no chance. And what Edwards has done so far is ingratiated himself, understands in his mind as Towns' team, and he's just playing along, uh, knowing full well that he's going to get ample opportunities in a max contract. That's all he needs to know. D'Angelo Russell, on the other hand, decides to play kind of when he wants to play, and he's a talented guard. So all of a sudden now he and Towns may be not on the same page. They may be, and this is one of those things where if Russell and Towns were tight, Russell stays. Uh, and, and, and they build around the big three. And But the truth is, Towns and Edwards are fine. I don't know that Towns and Russell are. So you try to forecast that into the draft, and it becomes a very, very um, uh, difficult uh, challenge. Uh, to try to get the draft right. But that's what they're trying to do. So, tonight, the Wolves take number 19 overall. they got a couple of picks in the second round that don't mean a lot. In fact, they don't even want all the picks that they've got because they don't have roster space for them all. So the question becomes, how open are they to a trade? And will they move somebody? Tim Conley offers this. Yeah, I mean, we're super open to it. We've had a, countless conversations about using that pick to add a more um, quickly impactful piece. But... You know, 99% of these conversations are just theoretical. We'll see if they're actionable. and um, You know, today and tomorrow, they take on a more actionable tone. But it's hard to get trades done. You know, it's it's a lot of different motivations. There's a lot of fear involved with trades. I think teams um, can be, at times, a bit overly cognizant of you know, winning or losing a trade. But it's like the players. Just If your team's better, you win the trade. Period. Now, after this whole thing takes place and they get their team and they go play their summer games in Las Vegas, they got to look at the free agent market and they got to see what's out there and they got to see how they can build and how it fits into the salary cap. It's a very complex um, situation. And, and, and you have to, you have to, first of all, you find out what, what players think of you because you find out if, if, they, if they truly like the culture that you built and what you built there, they'll show an interest and they'll want to play for you. Uh, sometimes, not ordinarily, uh, for less money than, than they could play for somewhere else. And, and that's become a trend in recent times. Uh, but this free agency thing becomes very tricky. One of the reasons the Timberwolves haven't won for a lot of years, uh, if you study this closely, is they, they, they have never been able to attract great free agents. Period. Uh, they got The one year that Garnett, they had two guys playing for contracts, Cassell and Sprewell. And, and so they played all out for a year. The next year, uh, Flip Saunders got fired in the middle of the season after they'd gone to the uh, Western Conference Finals because it wasn't the same. They didn't have the same motivation again. So it, it, it's um, it's difficult to, to see if you can buy your way out of something, but you do find out what uh, what great players think of your organization as to the interest that they show you as to whether or not they want to be part of your team. Uh, and so free agency is a piece to this, and I asked Tim Connolly, the new president of basketball operations for the Minnesota Timberwolves, about free agency as it fits into his game plan. 
I wish free agent like Commissioner Silver. So two day draft and free agency before draft. If we can get that done. Yes. It's be a great media scrum. <laughs> um, I think the struggle with free agency, you can't have those conversations you know, prior to July one. But the market evolves so quickly. Um, so there, I think there are some intriguing free agent options. I think we have some flexibility um, to add pieces that route as well. But having any substantive conversation on free agency prior to the draft seems counterintuitive and you can't have those conversations with representatives till july 1st so it's a lot of guessing um again that my colleagues have done such an unbelievable job making sure we're prepared and we'll be super prepared doesn't mean we're gonna get it right but we're we'll be prepared i asked him though what if what if what if one of the players on your team they're not considered an executive representative of the of the organization could they reach out to another player that they thought was could help them as a free agent and he said I can't help what my players say to other players. That's up to them. <clears throat> because what can happen right now is if you got some clout and and you this stuff is getting done at such a high level behind the scenes that you don't realize with agents and everything else. Uh, what what can happen is LeBron James used to do this is make sure so-and-so knows I want him on our team. Kevin Love. I want him to be a piece of the Cleveland when I go back to Cleveland next year. And it's months beforehand. They start planting the seed and saying, hey, let's build something special. I'm going to go there. Hey, D-Wade, yeah, we'll hang on down there. Bosch and I are going to come down there and, and, and join you. That stuff gets done underneath and in the middle of the night, and, and you don't even know what hits you, and all of a sudden it happens. And it's a possibility the Timberwolves could go in that direction uh, if they can attract some of those people. And if, if Towns has some uh, – I don't know if he has any juice right now. Uh, with high-end free agents, in, unless there's somebody that he, you know, he played with in Kentucky or something like that. Otherwise, I don't think that he'd be the kind of guy that people just say, I'm going to go because Towns is there. I'm going to go because Edwards is there. I still think they got a little bit more to prove uh, before they get there. you got to go more than one round of the playoffs before you say, hey, I can be the missing piece on that team. I can be the difference maker. But it's all part of the chess match and the game that they're playing right now in the NBA. Same with that NIL. Uh, I mentioned we were having this, this uh, coffee this morning with uh, – Brad Childress and Brooks Bollinger and Matt Sheldon and Joel Maturi. The NIL money in college is you cannot, um, you cannot promise someone. Uh, you can't give them a guaranteed contract uh, if they're in the transfer portal and they ask if they go there. You may, I don't know if the rules suggest that you can at least tell them, give them a rough idea of what they might get in NIL money, but you can't quote them a figure. It's not like you can say, I'm going to guarantee you twenty grand a month. Uh, because that's not the way it works. You have to enroll at the school, and then after you enroll at the school, then you can investigate uh, how much money you can make with your name, image, and likeness. You can find out how, how, how your brand translates into money. But you can't do that until you've enrolled in that school, so they can't offer you and say, it's going to be here's, here's the minimum you're going to make or the maximum you're going to make if you come here. You, they can't do that. That's not what the rule says. The rule says you first have to enroll in school. So what's happening right now, is some of these colleges, based on the conversations that I have with different people, what they do is they say, <clears throat> we can all but guarantee you $25,000 a month in a Mercedes <clears throat> if you want to come here. In other words, they're quoting them figures left and right. There's nothing, there's nothing stopping them from doing anything. The Wild Wild West is on. When we come back, Kevin Lynch breaks down the NBA draft and the Timberwolves and much more on Sports to the Max. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 